Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I don't know about you, but I have been seeing a lot of interdigital cysts slash interdigital furunculosis in the clinic the last couple of months, probably with the season change. I feel like spring and summer always brings this presentation across. And I've been getting asked a lot of questions about it as I've put up cases on social media. So I figured what a great way to kind of dive into this topic than a podcast episode. So you you will kind of see a lot of different names for this, interdigital frunculosis, interdigital cysts. Essentially, they are swellings in between the toes of dogs, hence the name of interdigital cyst or frunculosis. And they can really range in lots of different severities. So you can just see very small erythematous areas that are slightly swollen, um, all the way up to seeing super large draining tracks in between the toes of these patients. Dogs can have just one interdigital frunculosis. They can have all of the paws affected. Um, you know, they can have a singular cystic lesion on one paw. They can have every digital, every single interdigital um, space draining. So they really can vary and sometimes that will change um, how we treat these cases and how many medications we use if it's a very simple case versus a very advanced case of this disease process. And the tough thing about interdigital frunculosis, it's most commonly due to a deep bacterial infection. However, just like anything we deal with infections, there has to be a reason that it's there. And we do predominantly tend to see this presentation in short-coated breeds. Um, So think of maybe Labrador Retrievers, English Bulldogs, Frenchies, because As they develop these bacterial infections, what often can happen is since they're more short-coated, these short hairs can kind of get embedded in those interdigital spaces. And though the hair itself shouldn't necessarily be a problem, it ends up in a place it's not supposed to be. So the short shaft of the hair will get forced basically into the interdigital space from whatever reason that these are happening. And then um, they'll either become more traumatic because they're walking around and putting pressure on those or their anatomy could be different. But that hair, though it's a part of the body, it's not meant to be driven down into the skin like that. So the body essentially sends out this large inflammatory response. And a lot of times it's pyogranulomatous inflammation. It sends this inflammatory response there, which can en- you can end up in this really unfortunate perpetual cycle where your infection just gets worse and your inflammation gets worse because the infection is worse and that hair that's not supposed to be there is essentially, essentially um, acting as a foreign body and they can just get really, really bad. Um, so there's lots of different primary reasons that these can happen. Obviously, we do think of atopic dermatitis or some sort of allergy just due to the fact that dogs will get infections um, to their paws. That can be a main cause. You absolutely can see Demodex um, cause 
these furuncles as well. Um, sometimes if the pets are just anatomically starting to weight bear differently, that can contribute. So there can be lots of um, reasons this can happen. And so clinically, when we look at these cases, you know, they'll range in size, they'll kind of be reddish, they can even get almost purpley. They can look kind of shiny, they can be really taut, or they can be kind of fluctuant. And it depends on when you catch them. If you catch them as smaller cystic lesions, none of them may be ruptured, but a lot of times you will find them rupture or they will end up rupturing and they'll just kind of rupture serosanguinous bloody fluid. And so it's really important for us to collect cytology of these cases. Um, first and foremost, one, to see what type of cells are there, because I've actually had a focal case, you know, of suspected interdigital uh, a furuncle be something like a mast cell tumor. So we still need to actually make sure we're doing our minimum database of cytology and evaluating those cells. We also, these are predominantly going to be infected. So we want to look for the infection that's there. Um, culture and sensitivity can be really important in some of these cases because if they're really progressed and severe and deep, we may be treating these cases with systemic antibiotics for, you know, six, eight weeks if it's a really deep infection, especially a resistant one. Um, but sometimes you do have to sedate them in order to fully evaluate these. If you have a focal, like one focal um, furuncle, then you definitely want to be looking for something like a foreign body. So you can see grass ons um, that will penetrate as dogs are walking around, you know, hiking or hunting or whatever their activity is. And they'll get a grass on that shoves up into the interdigital space and can cause this. Most of the time, if that is going to be the case, you'll see a very solitary lesion. So if you see a dog that has multiple furuncles or cystic lesions, um, I don't necessarily think that you need to go and explore all of these. That would be very rare, especially if the dog has a history of something like chronic allergies, because we do commonly see multiple lesions um, due to allergies. Just they get infections, their hair drives into those interdigital spaces, and that ends up becoming a really big pyogranulominous response. But diagnostically, you still also want to do things like, you know, scrape if it fits the case, just to make sure it's not something like Demodex, especially like a really young dog or an older dog who's never had a history of skin disease. Um, I would say dermatophytes probably not as common, but it, it can really kind of look like however it wants. So again, are there other lesions on the dog? Does it make sense to do a culture just to rule that out? I have had to biopsy some of these for various reasons. Sometimes we have to biopsy because we do need to make sure it's not something else like a neoplastic disease or, you know, some weird autoimmune disease because even pemphigus might not necessarily always cause like these furuncles, but you can get some pretty gnarly paw disease and draining paw disease. So it's definitely not wrong to do something like a biopsy to rule something out, especially if it's a case that's not improving with treatment. Um, but I don't clinically, I don't always have to biopsy these cases, if, if, especially if I'm dealing with a dog that, you know, last spring did the same thing. Um, but I would suggest definitely cytology, potentially scraping, biopsy if it's a strange case, um, and then culture and sensitivity, like I said, as far as treatment goes, that can be really important to make sure that they're on the right medications. So then when we get to treatment, um, topicals are great when we can. 
Uh, it just depends on the severity. So if it's a mild to moderate case, I might try to use something like, you know, topicals that are antiseptic or maybe even topical antibiotics. But if these cases are really progressed or there's several lesions, it can be really necessary to use systemic antibiotics. And to be honest, some of these pets do not want the owners touching their paws because they're extremely uncomfortable. Um, so in those cases, getting a culture and sensitivity, if we are going to treat a deep infection and remember, Deep infections are different than superficial pyodermas. You usually want to treat them for at least, you know, six, if not eight weeks, because you can't, if there's kind of minimal infection that's deep in the dermis, even though the superficial portion looks good, you could really breed resistant bacteria by not treating that appropriately enough. Um, I would advise against uh, clipping the paws because part of the reason these tend to happen is already from hair being driven down. So doing something like clipping the paws can cause some micro traumas and can actually cause more hair shafts to deep to dive deep down. Um, you do want to look for other things like uh, concurrent yeast infections that can happen with some of these cases. We talked about um, how topicals can be really important if the pet will allow it. And sometimes they might not necessarily allow it when you're first starting with the case, but maybe after a week or two of systemic treatment and they're more comfortable and feeling better, then you can have the owner start something like topical therapy. When we're collecting that culture and sensitivity, you want to make sure you're getting the fluid that's deeper down. So either if you're going to biopsy the case anyway or have them sedated, you can do a tissue culture very similar to what I've talked about in previous episodes of the podcast with Acrolic. So you you kind of sterilely uh, prep the top portion of it, you get an actual punch biopsy of that tissue and you send that tissue in to have them culture that because that should check um, some of the deeper infection. If you can't, then you can actually take a culture it and either squeeze the material out of one of the cystic lesions um, or if there's a draining tract, kind of prepping the top portion of the draining tract and then actually sticking your culture all the way in or again squeezing fluid out of the, the draining tract um, in order to sample that. And then as far as other medications, it really depends on the severity of case. If I feel like we need something like systemic corticosteroids, some of the really bad cases, it can make them feel a lot better um, to use corticosteroids just because they're so inflammatory and their body has really catapulted this response. If it's a more mild to moderate case, I honestly feel like sometimes antibiotics, whether it's topical or systemic alone, can make a big difference. Um, so I don't always read for something like steroids if it's not a really severe case. If they're already on another medication for their allergies, it may just be that they need to be treated with uh, antibiotics and they'll clear up just fine. But if it is more severe, I can find oral corticosteroids at anti-inflammatory doses um, extremely helpful. In the end, Nothing is going to be the most helpful at preventing these from happening than figuring out the underlying disease. It is just like anything else in dermatology. We have to know why this is happening. So whether it is a solitary lesion and we need to rule out a foreign body, um, whether it is a young dog that could have developed demetocosis and we need to treat it, or it's a pet who we need to do an allergic workup 
because it's very clear that that is occurring or a pet that's weight bearing differently and is arthritic and we need to figure that portion out. Some of these cases can be multifactorial where there's lots of different um, things that are contributing to them. And some of these cases where they're like older patients can be really difficult if they're starting to weight bear differently, plus they have a history of allergies. I have had some cases once we calm down the response, if they keep recurring every time we take them off corticosteroids, Cyclosporin can be a great option as an anti-inflammatory to use long-term to see if we can, uh, you know, prevent going on corticosteroids all the time. So I hope you guys find the, that information useful. I know it can be a really frustrating disease. To be honest, I've recently also put up a post of a case that no matter what I did, I had a this chocolate lab that has bad allergies. And I treated that with about everything I could think of medically and could never get the dog fully under control. And in that, in those severe cases, you can actually send them to a surgeon for a podoplasty, either a partial uh, podoplasty or full podoplasty, where essentially they remove all the tissue within that interdigital area and they fuse it together. And that dog runs around, looks totally normal until you flip over his foot and it looks like a webbed foot. But the dog's super comfortable, super happy. Um, we're still having to manage the other allergies that he has, but he's had two paws that we've had to send him in for a, to a surgeon to do a podoplasty because none of the tissue just calmed down. He just had really, really severe disease. It's a more involved surgery, and it's also a surgery that requires a ton of follow-up because there's a lot of bandage changes, um, a lot of monitoring, potentially treating secondary infections. But after a, a long, long process, that dog is doing really quite well. So can range anywhere from mild to severe, lots of treatment options, but I do hope you guys find that helpful. If you like diving into these topics, like interdigital cysts, bronchals, allergies, you like just kind of really figuring out more about it, I always encourage you guys check out my online community, The Derm Nerds. I put up journal club articles, I put up cases like this, I put up just even more than I do on social media to really educate you guys on how to continue to enhance your derm practice. As always, thank you so much for your support of the podcast.